All right, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of uh, Manny's Rise Podcast. Uh, uh, welcome, welcome. No, I'm, I actually didn't have an intro prepared. I actually already recorded this once, and then I checked the audio back, and it was like going up and down and in and out, so I just disabled all the effects on my microphone um, from the Logitech stuff and just went, we're going in raw today. Um, but yeah, welcome to the first revamped episode of um, my podcast i did have other episodes on but i think i'm gonna get rid of them and just kind of start fresh even though some of the ideas have carried forward of course but yeah i hope you all are at an optimal body temperature for the region that you're in in the world and i hope you are staying hydrated and taking care of your bodies and your mental health of course Today's episode is kind of um, going to talk about like an introduction to me, who I am as a person, and kind of help you understand um, who I am. And then we're going to take it from there and kind of go towards more about my journey with design because that is such a big part of my life now and how I think it's for everyone. But yeah, to kind of understand how I got to that design is for everyone and everyone is a designer mentality, we kind of track it back to how I grew up. Um, and how I got to where I am in my life. So we're just going to go down a quick trip down memory lane. Um, just going to assume that was a sound effect and not a voice made sound effect. But yeah, I kind of grew up all over the place. So when someone asks me where I'm from, I think the question kind of like the answer is very, it's like <laughs> I have to give like a full like six sentence like answer, which is I was born in California, moved to North India then I moved to Melbourne, then I moved to South India, and then I moved to Rhode Island School of Design, um, went there for three years, and now I'm in New York. So when you ask me where I'm from, I guess uh, my parents are Indian, so that is where like a lot of my teachings come from. And then I also grew up amongst a bunch of different cultures, because everybody, oh, if you're, if you're from India, you know that North India and South India are very different, if you've looked into India in any um, capacity you'll know that North India and South India are very different. Um, but yeah, and then, of course, the East Coast of America is completely different from the West Coast of America. So, you know, I've grown up in a lot of different places. I mean, I'm not going to say that I've grown up in culturally rich environments. I've just grown up in culturally different environments. Like every time I moved, I would get some sort of a cultural shock almost, which we will discuss a little bit in this um, podcast today. But yeah, so yeah, my kind of thing for design kind of kicked in when I moved out of Australia um, into South India and I was at the point in my life where I needed to decide what colleges I wanted to go to or what I wanted to pursue. I was giving the SATs. Oh god the SATs. Oh but yeah I was giving the SATs and like my parents were like you need to do this you need to understand what you want to do. So I kind of just went on a journey. Well not a journey but like I went I realized I don't want to be uh, anything to do with coding. I think that was the first kind of my instinctual reaction, which I acted on. And that, I mean, nothing against anything coding related. Um, I just didn't want to sit at a desk, um, all day. Um, newsflash, I still sit at a desk all day, but that's, that was, you know, that was the, that was my immature reasoning for not wanting to do coding. And of course, I think I was always surrounded by coding and tech in general, because my uh, dad studied, software engineering and he did two masters in the field so that was something that he was very um like passionate about and he was very well diversed in like well versed in so i was getting a lot of like you know passive information all the time because he would read books he would talk to us about tech we would talk about like you know the latest phone innovations it was kind of like a very stimulating environment to grow up and i think i want to thank my parents for that always 
um, kind of keeping me on my toes, especially on my dad, like keeping me technologically um, caught up with the world and my mother keeping me like emotionally caught up with the world um, and kind of, you know, teaching me the basic life skills that I needed to kind of grow grow up as a person as that I am. Like I, I would not be able to cook a single thing if I didn't, you know, have my bedroom right next to the kitchen uh, or right across from the kitchen anyway uh, while growing up during high school. But yeah, my kind of thing from design really started when um, we had this event um, in school that we were raising funds for charity and it was like everybody had to do one and my group, friend group got together and we hosted like a music festival essentially of like local artists um, and it was like not local artists in the sense like like established names but just like our friends and we provided them a like we set up a platform we, we rented out an amphitheater um, we made through connections and stuff everybody knew everybody in that city um, yeah we went there and then we kind of just started working uh, our way up from that and then yeah we kind of had that event and that event required you know a lot of planning and a lot of like design work so I was charged with um, tasked with sorry not charged was tasked with um designing the logo for the event and designing a lot of different things for that stuff. Like I didn't end up designing, I ended up designing a lot of components that then got used for specific elements for like the, the what's it called, the ticket and everything like that. Like we decide, I just designed most of it. And I think what kind of stuck with me throughout that process was I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that a lot of people would see this, they would use this, everybody would get eyes on it. This was like, and it was getting a lot of traction like our event because we were inviting people. Um, and it was a mess at the end. Like the event was crazy. I have some regrets from that event, um, in general, but not, nothing super serious, but like, yeah, I just felt bad for some of the ways that things were handled. But at the end of the day, as a design challenge, that event was quite fun. And like that goes from like logo design to stage design to, you know, event design and to like event planning and all those things. Like being able to do all that really made my like like it made my creative gears turn and I realized that I want to kind of pursue this creating logos aspect that I've always like you know just seen around but never really understood how it's done um so I started to look into design colleges and I came up with like a list of like 10 applied to all of them after getting my um SAT scores which are mediocre um at best um but I also had to create a portfolio outside of that so I had to convince um my family, like we would, we, I had to like, you know, push my family to buy a DSLR and I started photography. And what lucked out for me as a graphic designer was that photography is one of those things that teaches you a lot about graphic design because it teaches you about composition, about framing, about subjects, about highlights and depth and field and like how to make something, you know, flat turn into like something that has space in it. And all those things kind of really led to me understanding what it means to, to undergo a creative process to produce something. And as I grew as a photographer, I would make more connections and I would network and I would kind of understand what people want and how I can do specific things and how I can help people out um, with everything that I was doing. And yeah, it was just, it was quite an interesting process at the end of the day because I would get up, um, book a shoot with some, with like a, you know, like a local person that I knew and I would just go from there. Um... Yeah, and we would kind of discuss like a concept beforehand, whether it was just a purely like aesthetic shoot, whether there any meanings behind it. But I really enjoyed a lot of things that would add and um, add meaning to things. And I think I started my own project called Project Choice, which doesn't um, exist anymore, but because I've just I've moved past from it. But um, it was about the the premise was what if you had a pill that would help you make a choice, um, and it was 
kind of a controversial one because I picked up some controversial topics at the same time, but it was my attempt at challenging the perception of those topics and how easy easy is to actually make a decision about something when the option is given. So why can't we just do it ourselves without having to like, you know, an aid, like a fucking pill that helps us choose, you know, it was just, it was, it was a way to get people to reflect as to why they would choose that pill. And then why can't they not use those thoughts to actually do, do it themselves without actually needing a pill kind of meta, kind of stupid at the same time. But it was one of those things that I kind of explored as a photographer. And then I did that. And then I, didn't actually end up putting that in my portfolio, which is really interesting. I started that after my um, acceptance uh, into into the, into RISD. But yeah, my portfolio was basically garbage um, now that I look back at it. At the time, it was mediocre. But yeah, I was the one thing I was always good at was writing about myself or writing in general. Um, and that kind of bled into me being able to justify my decision-making skills when it comes to photography and anything that I designed for the portfolio. And that I think really helped me land the, like the seat at RISD and take me there. So yeah, 2018, um, when I got my acceptance, uh, pretty much sure I almost broke my desk by slamming it, um, really hard with a fist and out of delight, obviously not frustration. Um, and yeah, told my parents they were happy. Um, I think it helped my parents kind of grasped the idea of graphic design as a whole as a career path because um, I got into the best design, one of the best design colleges um, in the States. And yeah, I think that really helped them kind of understand that this is possible. And, but you know, as anything that you do is different than other people because there was literally five art students in the school, um, in the entire school, or like my entire cohort essentially. That was always like, jokes and remarks that I had to take from people, which, um, in hindsight, um, doesn't really affect me, but I think at the time it really pushed me to prove those people wrong. And I realized that those people like would just say stuff like it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, here we are now after three and a half years of education and, you know, six to eight months of working in the industry, uh, you know, there's a little bit of experience that has been going into my life. And I think I'm just going to talk about how that's been. But yeah, I think taking up from like kind of taking back to my journey with design really started in the foundation year of my college, which was Rhode Island School of Design. Um, I'm just going to use RISD from now on because that's way easier. Um, but yeah, it started in the foundation year and I kind of just, you know, I, w I had no background in art whatsoever. I think I drew an apple once in middle school um, with like oil pastels, um, or pastels, whatever we call them. Um, and that was it. Like, that's all I, that's the, my only art experience that I've had before, um, before starting a photography. So I was pretty fresh. I was fresh in this world of art, um, as a person, like as an, as a designer, I was just fresh in this world of art and design. Um, art and design are going to be interchangeable in this podcast. Obviously they're not interchangeable IRL, but um, or in real life, sorry, don't mean to use fucking conjunct, like conjunct abbreviated terms. Um, in real life, they're not the same thing, but I'm just going to use them for now. Um, just because the talking speed helps. Um, but yeah, we were kind of, we, I say as my cohort was like just a group of, you know, budding artists and designers that were curious. And I was more curious than, um, ever because I was basically new to the world. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was, picking up charcoal and drawing, um, figures that were in front of me. And I did not understand a word of what I was doing. And my teachers were very patient 
Um, they understood that I didn't know shit. I literally set that off the rip. Um, I was like, I have no idea how to draw a figure because I can't just draw figures. Um, and when I saw other people do it, they were like fucking insane at it. I still suck at drawing figures, by the way. I cannot draw for the life of me. Um, sort of hats off to all of you that can. Um, a couple of Twitter accounts that I follow, you know who you are. Um, pretty sick that you guys can draw. Um, but yeah, it was, it was enlightening almost. And it was also motivating. I think that was the one thing that RISD really helped me. Just being surrounded by people that were always better than you. Um, and they didn't realize, they didn't think they were better than me, obviously, but I thought they were. That was just a, you know, inferiority complex, but also they were genuinely better because they had more experience in the space. But that kind of like lack of experience really led me to care. I think that was important because I remember famously in our foundation year, first year, um, history classes, like the numbers would just dwindle. We were down to like 50 people attending the lecture when there was supposed to be like 300 in there. Um, and you know what? It, it was what it was, but I was one of those 50 always going, making sure I was listening, taking notes, reading, because I was just curious. I think that curiosity drove me through the first year about not knowing anything and wanting to know more. Um, because I'm always someone who enjoys learning. I think that's something that I really love, but learning at my own pace, that's super important. I don't like, and that's like a problem with me as well. I don't like being forced to learn something. I just kind of, when I feel like it, I will learn it. And I've never not learned something, um, in an experience. I think that's also important to remember for me, but yeah, I was curious and I would go to the lectures and I would take notes and learn about like the history of art and design and where everything came from. And it was fascinating to me. I was like, damn, like this has been around for a long time. I just didn't know. Because I knew like, like I, I just never thought of it from the art and design lens. I think that was important. And I think that's what this podcast is going to dive into slowly. Is like understanding that the art and design po- lens is for everybody. As long as you want to put like a bit of time into it. And it's not something that is like, you know, that involves like just talent and um, like, you know, God gifted uh, that's in quotes, um, God gifted, like, you know, genes or something like, no, it's yes, people are talented in the art world, but that talent comes from exposure to certain things in their life. Um, that builds that talent, or sometimes you're just, you know, good at painting. Um, and that's fine. Or you're good at drawing, but you know, that's not something that can't be achieved through hard work at the same time. That's what I believe. That's also the Indian in me, um, you know, <laughs> always we're willing to put in the hard work for something. Um, well, yeah, I think then when my first like kind of design class happens was the second year. Um, the first year is basically full of me crying about charcoal drawings and um, building things that I can build without like some serious planning. Um, second year was when graphic design really started. And when I got in, I was like, OK, finally, something I'm, I'm like, I can do because <clears throat> Sorry, my throat just died. Um, finally, something I can do because I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I've just been struggling drawing for a year. Um, and turns out I'm shit at design, too. Um, like, not even remotely good as all the other people that were in my class. And I think that was something that, um, obviously, speaking from an infer- inferiority complex, but I also just lacked straight experience in terms of, like, graphic design that was being taught at RISD specifically. I knew, like, commercial graphic design and how to, like, kind of understand specific things about the world through that lens, but I didn't understand putting meaning into the design that I was doing. And that was something that I really needed to understand, to understand the playing field that I was on because the playing field was so vast and expansive and everybody had their own experiences and everybody had their own reasons for things. I needed to find my reason to design. Um, 
and that's what my like final year project kind of was about but yeah I started off with you know a really bad poster um that's <laughs> that's one of those things that like I always remember uh my teacher who was also Indian shout outs to him um some of you know him if you're listening from RISD um he was a typography it was a history of a uh, graphic design teacher and that was the first poster I ever designed in class and it was honestly shit um but it had a basic understanding of it and he and the teacher bless him he got me to a spot where I was happy with it he did not care about his like his appeal like his approval about the poster because the poster at the end of it was garbage but he saw the poster and was like okay this is how much you know, and this is how you're going to improve on it. And yeah, I designed a poster that I was happy with at the moment. But then when I looked at everybody else's poster, I was like, oh, I got a long fucking way to go. Um, and, you know, I came, I grew to a respectable place over time. Um, it was interesting because, like, you know, COVID hit and everything started to, you know, fall apart. And design became about social justice all of a sudden, even though it had been for a long time. It was just, like, shunned because that kind of design never pays um so yeah and then COVID happened and everybody started like designing like everybody in my community started designing for social justice and yeah I saw like the kind of design that can have an impact and I think design that has an impact resonated with me in a way and I try to work with that on my personal practice but I don't get to do much at my job as a whole because I'm working in the marketing field and that is you know all statistic based nothing wrong with that I'm just you know um whatever pays the bills works for now um but yeah I think I never lost touch with that designing for impact or like reflecting at the very least and that's one of those things that like RISD taught me throughout the graphic design um education that I went through it was that I can I have to be able to reflect on my own actions at a very deep level not just at a surface level not just like oh I feel down today because this happened it's more like I feel down today because this happened and it has a connection to something else that has happened in my life and this is what's been happening recently a lot so as a designer I became really in touch with myself and I kind of understand I started to understand why I do specific things um and what's the reasoning behind them and what life experience may have led to that specific thing like I I for example I have two accents um that current one I'm talking in and more of like an Indian accent that I speak into my family and all the Indians that I know and that's mainly because when I moved to Australia, um, I assumed that people wouldn't understand what I was saying. So I decided to absorb the accent a little bit and kind of evolve into this U- like a YouTube British Australian American morph that I had. Um, and that was, you know, it helped me communicate. It helped me feel comfortable to say the things I wanted to say. It wasn't, I was just projecting at the end of the day. Okay, I'll scratch my screen. But um, yeah, I've basically like just lost... Like, I, I kind of just, like, lost my accent and my Indian accent for a long time. Um, and it was a projection, of course. Um, I was projecting the fact that I thought they wouldn't understand me because I didn't understand them. Um, so I, I tried to meet their level of accent, and I went for that. For them, it wasn't an accent. For them, it was just normal. Um, and, yeah, we got there eventually. But, yeah, now I have two accents, and I think there's nothing wrong with that specifically, but I was just aware of it. And I was also concerned because there was a lot of racist attacks against Indians happening in the space so maybe if I sounded less Indian people would not hate me <laughs> I think getting accepted into that into that environment was super important for me um now I just yeah have two accents and now I can do it do it on command um but my instinct is to speak who to someone who isn't Indian or speaks in a non-Indian accent I will speak in my like this accent um yeah 
So that was the kind of like level of reflection that I did. And I really did use that as a way to kind of, that was like the, that was like the first thing I ever noticed about myself. And once I did that, I kind of moved into understanding like different things about myself, like why I, you know, have the need to suddenly help people all the time or why I feel, and it probably is a coping mechanism for, you know, like being, uh, uh, like, you know, just, yeah, the reason to help people is just like, because I want people to not go through the same things that I've gone through, um, in life, which is a lot of different things. Um, nothing, that's nothing crazy. Don't worry about it. Um, I am deflecting a little bit, but this is not the podcast for that, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then the education also taught me to understand others once I understood myself. And I think you can only understand yourself to a certain point because you're always evolving, but then taking that learning of how you can reflect on yourself, you can start empathizing and putting yourself in other people's shoes. And that's where design starts to become communicative. You can communicate your inner feelings to others. You can take other people's feelings and communicate them to themselves. Sometimes it can help people realize something about themselves that they never knew, or you can take someone else's emotions or like understandings and empathize with them and then communicate it to everybody else around them of course with their consent and whatever reason um through the 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 output that you give which can be a book a a poster an experience a story like and i think yeah those three kind of those two kind of things like understanding others and reflecting on yourself um were the two like super important things that like the RISD graphic design education or like the curriculum taught me and I think that's when I started to realize that like design is something that I think is everyone is capable of. It's not some, you know, um, drug infused, well, that kind of, is. uh, it's not some drug infused, like lucid world that we sit in all the time. We don't, we're not like the, like a creative mind isn't something that can't be achieved by people who don't delve into creativity. You can still be a designer. You're everybody is a designer in their own sense. From the person who, you know, uh like makes a Starbucks drink. Like you're designing the drink, you're taking the ingredients for the drink, like whatever syrup you want to put, whipped cream, whatever milk it is that they ask for, and you're designing that drink for that person and you're giving it to them. You're communicating your skill at designing a drink to that person and then they have a reaction to it and blah blah blah. Like you're you're kind of like it, at the like at the bare bones, like someone who works in the Starbucks, like as like a barista, also is designing things. It's just not like a visible. It's it's not like a visible output. What is a visible output? But it's also like, it's not something that's like considered traditional design, or traditional art in a way. And I think that 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 term in itself is kind of, it can be concerning at times because, you kind of make this like you kind of end up gatekeeping art and design as like this prestigious thing that people kind of have to study for like ages and like years to completely understand. And that is true. Yes, you have to study art and design for a long time to understand it. But anybody can do that. And that's something that I always have like a struggle with explaining to people because it's important to remember that you can, people can do anything as long as they you know, put the effort into it. Like, it's not like, of course, there's like talent involved and like sometimes people are inclined to specific things, but also hard work can get you somewhere, as I said before. And that's important. Like, 
you realize that whenever you go outside or like, you know, I mean, not even don't even go outside, but like everything you do in this world is related to design in one way or another. The barista example, um, the, you know, the footpath you walk on, that was designed by someone. Um, the subway maps you look at when you're in New York, those were designed by someone. Your iPhone or Samsung or Google and whatever UI is designed by someone. Albeit the iPhone UI isn't that. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, this is not the this is not the podcast for that rant. But um, yeah, it's like you know, it is something that you just have to realize is like you're surrounded by it as long as you can. And if you can notice it, you're already like starting your journey as like a designer. You don't have to like professionally pursue it, but like being a designer or an artist just means being able to perceive the world in a different way. Uh, and that way of perception is super important because it helps you kind of understand the reasoning behind things and helps you understand like why certain things were created. Like you design, like society was designed to function a specific way. Capitalism was designed to specific a function way. It was designed to suck for people who don't have money, you know, and it was designed to keep the rich richer and it will keep making the rich rich. Like th- those are all designs. They're all systems that were created um, by someone. And yeah, this kind of like gatekeeping idea that I hinted at before is kind of is is it has to be avoided because it's such a negative thing. Like gatekeeping does art and design basically just implies that like you're you're basically gatekeeping that world from someone and making them feel like they don't deserve to know something that is like just knowledge like. Like, art and design is just a specific set of, like, knowledge that was given to you at the end of the day. And what you make of that is what makes you a artist or a designer. And everybody should have access to that art and design knowledge. And and a lot of people do. A lot of people, you know, read art and design books and try to understand those things. But there's a level of guidance that has to come with it in this day and age because we're just so bombarded by media in every step of the way um, of our lives that we have to just kind of understand that as long as we can receive the proper guidance, and that doesn't have to be like a fucking degree, that has to be like a talk, like this talk, um, to kind of understanding what art and design is at the core, and at the core, it it is just reflecting things and reprojecting them in a different way. I think I just made that up, like on the spot, but that felt right, like reflecting on things and then reprojecting them in a certain way, um. And that can be whatever medium you choose, whatever, you know, like writing is an art. Um, Sound is like music is an art, art form. Like, yeah, people have a talent to music, but if you go in and understand and start to like, you know, create lyrics and like you you start writing songs and you start producing those things, that's, that's the stuff that you can do. And it's this, and it's, it's these things that you can do in your free time. Like, obviously, if you don't have free time, that is understandable. But once you get to a certain comfortable point in your life, do what you have to do to survive. But then when you get, you know, a little bit of comfort, a little bit of leeway, put that time into educating yourself or having a good or just like finding a way to improve the person that you are. Because I feel like if you don't focus on self-growth in any way, um, way, shape or form, you're just going to become like this hollow shell that kind of just gets stuck in the everyday life that you live. Which, I mean, if some people want to live that way, that is perfectly fine. But as I've learned in the last three and a half years, and during COVID especially, uh, the pandemic that is still going, um, that's not the best way to live. Like, there's going to be these, like, life-shaking events that kind of remind you for all of a sudden, like, damn, I was taking life for granted. 
um, or things like that. And you have to just learn to reflect and like kind of break outside of those things. And I think another thing that the RISD education taught me was the fact that I always I like the like the teacher role, the mentorship role, um, specifically. Um, but yeah, it was more about kind of me coming to conclusion with the fact that like you have to have a good teacher when it comes to art. I think specifically, yes, you can learn things yourself, and there's plenty of resources on the internet. But a lot of like resources on the internet are not asking the right questions. And this is something that I've been reading about recently. I've just started a book called Art School. Um, and it talks about what it means to actually teach art and design. Like, how can we help people self-reflect so that they can create the artwork and the designs that this generation needs, you know? Um, yeah, and, like, those, those that, like, role of being a teacher is something that I want to take on in the long run um, and kind of understand, like, what what's missing. Because a lot of people that... Like, what's missing that the average person can't just be like, oh, I want to be a designer, you know? Like, why is it that, like, it's like a, like a social reject or, like, uh, somebody has to be a designer, you know? Like, that's like that was, like, the whole thing that, like, the shtick that everybody played at um, in, like, um, college, which was, like, you know, we're all, like, people who were, like, super emotional self, like, social rejects that um, ended up doing art and design. It wasn't true, obviously, but it was like, that's, that's like somewhat like a social, like a stereotype of like the artist being like the nerd or something. And I think that's one of those things that like has to be shattered because you can do it too. You can be a designer because everything is design, like at the end of the day, and especially in this day and age that we live in, like everything is so connected that it's, it's, it's like impossible. And design is integrating itself into different things in the, in our, world like a lot of people are starting to understand it everybody has access to you know photoshop legally or illegally um and people are getting the chance to explore but people are creating things out of that exploration that don't really have weight to them and it's important to and that i think what that's what distinguishes a person uh you know from a designer to a just a person experimenting with photoshop having weight to what you do like and that comes from, you know, being able to justify your work, talk about it, and kind of just, you know, it comes from being able to justify your work um, and kind of understanding why you made a certain decision when it comes to designing something. And that is a sign of maturity, being able to talk about your designs in a specific way or being able to talk about your decision-making in a specific way. Those are all important because... Thoughtful design means you have to sympathize or empathize with either yourself, the reflection in the mirror, or the other person or the community that you're designing for, designing about, designing with, even. Um, and that only comes when you know how to do that. And that's something that only comes through practice. Like, you can't just wake up one day and be like, well, you can be an empath and you can be a sympath, but like, you can't. I don't even know sympath is a thing, but it's like channeling that and creating something new out of it is what a designer does. And I think that's something that anybody can do. And you don't have to create like a grand branding project that has like a super depth, like deep meaning. If you can just impact one person by just sitting, listening, understanding, and then reflecting on it and saying a specific set of words that are, you know, that come from... um your understanding and your learnings 
you're designing something. You're designing this, the sentences that you spoke afterwards because they went through a specific set of inputs. They went through a specific, I'm explaining this in like coding terms, that's kind of dumb, but it's like those, the sentence that you formed after reflecting on listening to someone's story were designed and influenced by the things that you heard. And that's important to remember because you can't just like, because that's the kind of maturity that designers need to have. You need to be able to sympathize and empathize with the people that are around you um, or the things that are around you because otherwise you're just going to have lackluster designs with no meaning. And I think a lot of design, like a lot of designers have to know how to educate themselves. Um, And everybody educates themselves at a certain point in their life, which is why I think like, you know, design design should be and is possible for everyone because you do educate yourself about something or the other, whether it's a video game that you're playing or things like, you know, you're designing your experience with that video game. You know, you like a certain aspect about it, you fucking hone in on it and you go for it. Like, that's just something that you do. You design your experience or your play, um, your plays with that game. Like people, you know, analysts and strategists, they design like plays for teams to execute. And that's something that anybody is capable of, you know? It's, it's not like the typical form of design, but it is like, you know, it is a way of um, taking information and then reflecting on it, and then reprojecting in a specific way. And that is what a designer essentially does. And that is something that you might do in your day-to-day life. And that's just, you know, you have to start thinking about where you do that. And I'm not saying that you all should just, everybody should start calling themselves designers. I think it's more about realizing that there is a process of design possible for everyone, and we should embrace that, right? Like, of course, if you just work as a designer, like professionally, yes, you can call yourself a designer. It was actually some people don't even deserve to do that. But um, at the end of the day, you call yourself what you want to call yourself. But you have to be able to call yourself that with purpose. And you have to be able to, call you, you have to, be able to justify that decision. Like, how can you justify the fact that you're a software engineer by, you know, making software? So if you're going to call yourself a designer, what do you design? And it doesn't, it can be a self-design thing. It can be a public-facing design thing. And it's just something that you have to kind of just, like, sit and reflect on. I think that's that's what you have to do as, a, as an average person that takes on society, you know? And once you start, you know, educating yourself and taking the sympathy, like, and, uh, make, having sympathy and empathy towards people and other communities, you'll have to come up with justifications as to why you're making certain decisions in your life. And that is also like a part of maturity, like being able to justify the things that you do. You, you Nobody just does something. Like there is a reasoning behind doing things. And whether that's, you know, um, subconscious or conscious, you have to be able to bring those subconscious like factors into the conscious and actually start to understand why you're doing certain things. And that's what a designer does really well. Um, like we are able to, as as, you know, professional designers, I'm doing it in quotes, um, we are able to create, um, like create paragraphs and paragraphs of justifications for why we made a specific decision. And that's important because if you can't justify what you're doing, you can't retain, um, the decisions that you made because someone's just going to cut them off because, oh, you're designing, when you're designing professionally, you're designing for someone. And if you can't justify your decision-making, you're basically, 
letting other people control your design freely, which just, you know, that's bad design practice. Um, and that's one of those reasons why it's possible for everyone. Each of the things that I talked about, like, like throughout this time, throughout the time they've been listening to me, it's like, they're all achievable. It's just how you take them from there. Like, I don't want you to like, kind of be like, oh, I can understand and reflect on myself. Hence, I'm a designer. No, how are you taking those skills that you've learned and putting them out into the world? That's what makes you a designer or a writer or an artist or a musician and those things. That's where the that's where the kind of line is almost, you know. And I understand that like, you know, art and design doesn't have to be public facing all the time. Um, and you can do it for yourself. But at the end of the day, art and design isn't that widely spread that people just sit and do it in private. Um, there is that gratification aspect of social media that comes into play where, you know, you get instant gratification for any art that you do or any design that you do by, you know, in the form of likes or in the form of statistics and views and things like that. And, you know, when you're designing like, you know, your content, for example, as a streamer or a content creator, you're designing the journey that the viewer is going on with your, um, content. And you're in control of your content, and you're also in control of the design that comes with it. Obviously, people will still reflect on it differently, but, you know, you're giving people space to design their own thoughts. And I realize that design sounds very mechanical a lot of the times when people talk about it in this way. But it's also important to remember that it comes from your own experiences, and your experiences are never mechanical. They're emotions, and they're, they're, they're a collection of emotions. Sorry, your experiences are not mechanical because the things that came from them are abstract in nature. The emotions that came from them, the learnings that came from them, they're all abstract in nature. And you have to understand that it's those abstract things that influence the things that you will design if you ever choose to. It's just something that isn't talked about enough. Like I feel like the design world is so shut off sometimes from people outside of design. Um... And it's not something that, it's not something that people really try to even change. Like people do try to change it with things like, you know, Canva being super accessible to people as a design tool. But the thing about Canva is like, it generalizes it rather than educates it, educates. And that's just one of those, I'm not hating on Canva, but you know what, things have to go, like there's a process and you can obviously design really well on Canva. Like that's not a thing, but at the end, that that is a thing, but at the end of the day, Canva is generalizing design, not educating about design. I think education around art and design is super, should be super accessible. I think anybody can go through it, give, given the right circumstances, um, and given the right time in their life. Obviously, you, if you're struggling with something in life, I would not, I would, you know, learn from those experiences and convert them into something artistic. But I think having that creative outlet is just what makes you a designer. And everybody has a creative outlet. Your notes app and your phone is a creative outlet when you write, you know, anything. That like as a designer, I like, you know, visually reflect on things. Or some people write sentences about them. But at the end of the day, it's it's that creativity is something that everybody has access to. It's it's within everybody. That's what makes us human a lot of the time. That's a part of what makes us human. Sorry, I'll put it that way. Like the creativity is like nobody doesn't have People don't have, like, like, if you weren't creative, then you'd just be a bot, you know. 
and that's and like you may have been fed that information from outside like nah like drawing isn't something that you can do no of course you can do it It just takes practice if you can't do it right now you'll be able to do it in a year if you just you know stay at it but that's the thing like those resources like people make it sound like such a task but it's like anything else you'll do in life like it's just it's just one of those things that put the effort and time into and you will learn it that's why like design is for everyone and everyone is a designer um because at the end of the day all a designer does as i've said a few times now takes in information reflects on it and then reprojects in a specific way and that's something that i think everyone is capable of everyone does it they just do it in different forms and the ones that do it professionally are just called designers you know um so don't let that like professional aspect of it deter you from having a creative outlet and just being who you want to be because that's something that nowadays is really lost in the social world we're all tied to constraints and expectations and we all forget who we really are because we try so hard to fit in um i'm a culprit of that with my accents but you know some things will never change i guess but yeah you know try to try to try to have a creative outlet is what i would recommend because that's what makes you human like design is a human thing because at the end of the day you're designing to make something easier for yourself like that's that that's like the basic form of design you're making you're designing something to make something easier for yourself like the way your keyboard is sitting on your mouse uh, what the fuck am i saying the keyboard is sitting on your desk like desk right now it might be tilted in a certain way to fit your like to, it's des- like the entire layout of your desktop is designed in a specific way for it to be of ease of access to you unless you have one of those fucking cluttered macbook desktops of every screenshot just piled on top of each other in which case probably time to clean that but otherwise yeah i hope that this uh episode was you know somewhat helpful uh to kind of get the conversation rolling get the conversation started about art and design and yeah i hope that you're you're able to take something from this i will be doing this weekly um next week i'll have a completely different topic and we'll just talk about it and reflect on it um but yeah feel free to you know save the podcast turn on the notifications i don't know what you could do on spotify i'll learn it later but yeah i hope you all enjoyed this little segment um gotta learn a bit about me um because i won't be doing like that intro ever again essentially i mean i'll be reflecting on my life too but yes but i'll be like that was like a basic about my life so yeah i hope at the end of the day even if you didn't understand a single word of the second half you learned a little bit about me and you can tune in for the next one Thank you so much. Take care, everybody, and bye-bye.